Hey everyone, I did want to mention this interview with Bob Saxon took place before the horrific events in uh, Uvalde, Texas on May 24th. Um, and we're all so devastated and grieving the loss of 21 innocent souls. Um, and our hearts go out to their friends and family and we all cling on to the hope that things will change and another senseless act like this never happens again. Um, Bob Saxon, who you're going to hear from in a moment, um, even though he lives in Australia, he has friends and family in Texas. So he asked that I read a um, personal message from him to everyone in Texas and, um, and the United States. So I'm going to read that to you now. Um, to all my dear friends and family in America, after hearing about another school shooting, my heart stopped again worrying about you all. Please give your kids an extra hug. Much love to you all. Cheers, Bob. So, anyway, um, here you go, and um, I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of Master Runner. I am your host, Mike Warren. And for today's episode, we're going to a place that's very near and dear to my heart because I lived there for a while um, and I, I have been there a bunch of times. Um, that is Australia. And um, you're going to meet a guy by the name of uh, Bob Saxon. And Bob lives in a town called Geelong. And something I don't know if I've mentioned um, in any of the episodes is that I'm a huge um, music, uh, I, I wouldn't call it nerd, but I'm a huge uh, fan of all types of music. And uh, a band that was very near and dear to my heart as a kid got their name while driving to Bob's town, Geelong. Uh, the band, if you're just, you know, you know, trying to come up with it and not seeing anything. The band is Little River Band, and uh, the story goes that the band was driving to Geelong back in 1975 and um, spotted a sign that said Little River. And, you know, I guess they just turned to each other and said, hey, you know what? Why don't we name this band Little River Band? So there you go, a little music trivia uh, for you. But um, Bob, like the rest of us, um, has a story, and uh, as has always been with this podcast and will always be, the goal is to share real-life stories um, and, um, and kind of the journey that uh, so many of us have had and what running has done for that journey. And um, Bob has been through a lot. Um, he's been through a lot of really, really challenging times, as you're going to hear but he has ended up in the um, two amazing roles of father to two children and husband to um, uh, an incredible woman. And um, so Bob has, uh, has really hit the jackpot. And uh, it comes at the end of being through and having gone through a lot. And um, so you're going to hear how Bob is kind of navigated through those waters and what running and especially ultra running has done for him. 
Um, he is gearing up for his first uh, 100K at uh, the Yu Yangs um, in, uh, in Victoria. And uh, <laughs> I really wish I could be there for that. Um, and uh, so he's got that coming up in July. And, you know, when I talk to people all throughout the, uh, the world, um, I'm always curious what's different. And, you know, one of the things um, that I love about Australia, aside from the people and the culture and the land and pretty much everything about Australia and the music and everything, is they have some really, really good food. And I'm a, a, I have a gigantic sweet tooth. Um, and I always look forward to certain things out there. Some of you may know, you know, things like cherry ripe and violet crumble and all these other things. Well, you know, <laughs> Bob has a very interesting uh, take on nutrition. And you're going to hear his, um, his top secret sandwich that he... Um, he has eaten and is going to apparently bring to this 100K. And I don't want to give it away. You're going to have to listen through the podcast to get the information on this um, very unique uh, sandwich uh, that he uh, plans on uh, bringing with him. But hey, I always say, look, if it works, it works. And nobody can say anything um, against uh, success there. So anyway, enough. Um you're going to um, hear from a great guy, like I said. Um, you're going to hear an amazing accent, too. And <laughs> I hope you really enjoy this one. I certainly did. And uh, without any further ado, here is Mr. Bob Saxon. I'm really excited to say that this will be my first um, and best, no matter what comes down the pike in the future, Australian uh, guest on the Master Runner podcast, and he is Bob Saxon. So, Bob, welcome aboard. Good day, mate. Thank you for having me. And as you I can, hope tell- I can live, I hope I can live up to those expectations. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, the, the last the last episode I did, um, you know, I joked that that he, being from uh, the UK, had the coolest accent, but you know. I got to say this one's even better. I, you know, I've been told, Bob, that I guess we have an accent. I have this, I, I hate the American accent, I guess, compared to like how cool yours sounds. But, um, <laughs> you know, and it's funny when I go out there because it's always like you absorb and you kind of become and sound like the people you're around. So there's a weird thing when I get out there that I start to sound a little bit more Australian, but you're just getting the pure American accent from me today. Yeah, when you come over, a couple of days days into it, you'll be like, "Yeah, mate, yeah, mate, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> so, a little background on Bob. Um, so, this all came from the uh, the trail and ultra running uh, group on Facebook, and um, I started noticing some of the posts you were putting up, man, and um, and they were pretty deep, and they're. There, you know, I talk about on this podcast all the time that myself included, we all have some type of story. It's not just that we're runners and we run because we're bored and we don't have anything else to do. Although I guess that maybe that is the case in some areas, but you know, we all have some type of story that kind of leads to the running and this quote crazy stuff we do with the um the ultra running. So yeah, I was going through your posts and stuff like that. And then the thing that really hit me. Um, which I'm sure I mentioned before somewhere along the line on this podcast 
is there was a picture of you. Um, gosh, it was years back. It was a post from years ago, but you were dressed up as Gene Simmons. <laughs> and I, that is my favorite band. My first record as a little kid in footy pajamas was Kiss Destroyer. And automatically I, I knew you were the coolest guy in the world. Cause I'm like, all right, look, what else can we have in common? We've got running. We've got all this other stuff. And the guy dressed up as Gene Simmons and I dressed up like, like that's just insane. So I had an immediate connection with you off the bat. But uh, well, that, that, um, that came about that I had that outfit for, I think it was a, it was a sporting event, uh, end of season party and, and that got canceled. So I thought, oh, I gotta wear this for something. And then my good mates 40th came up and um, I even shaved off my beard. I had a fair beard at the time too. And um, yeah, I put on all that makeup and stuff and the big shoes and, and whatever. And I went to the party, went to the pub where my mate's party was and, and she just walked past me. She didn't, she didn't even recognize who it was. <laughs> but it was worth it though. It was a good night. And um, yeah, my beard grew back. So it's all good. And you dressed up just recently. Didn't you post a Gene Simmons pic just the other day? Oh, no, that, that came up on my um, Facebook memories. Okay. I like it because my son's in that photo with me. He's, he's got the tongue out and all that <laughs> stuff. So I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> so it sounds like you're a cool dad. I, my first concert, my son was three, and I've got a picture in my, um, in my office with he's got headphones on because, you know, we wanted to protect his ears. And I'm holding him at this Kiss concert and, you know, Paul Stanley's doing his thing. And so the picture's really cool because he's got this big smile on his face as I'm holding him. And then I took him to um, the, they came around here in 2019 before COVID. And some buddies and I dressed up in full gear for a concert about a, two hours from here up in Philadelphia. And then the following night, my family and I, we have one son, he's 12, which I think that's the same age as uh, you have a son, Jack, right? Yeah, Jack. He, he just turned 12 recently too. Okay, so you can relate to this. So, um, so they had a concert the following night. And so I came back from this concert. We dressed in full gear for the concert with my buddies. And it was insane because half the people were so drunk at this concert. They, they thought like afterward walking through the parking lot that this was the actual band Kiss going through the parking lot. Like it was really, <laughs> it was really kind of funny. <laughs> but um. So it's, it's as close as I'll get to stardom, uh, but it was fun for that one night. But so the following night when I went with um, my wife and Brayden, we went to the show and I begged him. I said, look, let me just paint your, I'll paint your face. Let, like, just let me do this. Let's go in full makeup. And they wouldn't do it. And I said, can I at least stencil the outline? And so Brayden wanted to be the spaceman. So I stenciled the spaceman yeah. on him. And my wife was willing to be, um, I think, Paul Stanley so I just did a star and so at yeah. least I got somewhere in the middle with them you know but uh, they wouldn't let me paint their faces so I was kind of bummed that's still a pretty cool memory you'll have though man that's good yeah so um again thanks for for joining um there's a 14 hour time difference while we're waking up and fully caffeinated out here you're uh you're toward the end of the day uh, you know it's what's it seven what's the time out there right now nine uh, half past half past nine yeah nine thirty holy moly crazy so um so yeah going through everything going back to your story I you know 
you can only learn so much through the post. And I noticed that there was just, you know, there was a lot of stuff that it seemed like you had been through that you were going through. And so um, I was curious where, I guess, if you go back, where the whole, where did running enter your life and were you, you know, into it in, in, um, in school? Did you run track in school? Was it something that you picked up when you're first, when, when like, you know, Jack was born and you have a daughter, is it Lola? Uh, Lola May, yeah, she's nine years old. Holy moly. Was it something that you picked up when they were born? So give me some background and some context on why you do this, not only running, but this quote, crazy stuff called ultra running. Probably I started running at primary school when we had our school sports and I'd do that. So they had about 50 meters, 100 meters, and the hurdles and all that sort of thing. And I did that and I was pretty good at that. And then that went through onto high school. And then we had cross country running there and I did that and I was okay at that as well. And yeah, it just pretty much started from there. I think I did it because I liked the idea of um, it being just a single sport. You're not relying on a team. Mm. So you're just relying on your feet and really. And then, um, yeah, I did that and then moved on through to high school. And then my father was a, um, a Vietnam veteran and he suffered very bad mental illness. So I sort of, um, I guess I had more responsibilities than kids my age at that time. Mm. And so to, to uh, I guess, to, to keep fit or whatever, I'd, I'd just, I just kept running so I could just sort of be near home as well. And um, yeah, it just took off from there, I suppose. With everything with your, your dad, and I know that he unfortunately passed in 2017, is that right? Yes, correct, yeah. So was it, was it almost, and I've talked about this before, I know it's this way for me. I mean, running, I joke with my wife, I don't know what I would be like mentally without running because it just does so much for me mentally. And it's not even so much the physical, it's just the mental where I can kind of work things out. I can process stuff. I can, you know, whatever demons are hanging onto your back, you kind of shake them loose when you're out there by yourself and was, was running, dealing with everything with your, your father, was that a way to kind of bring some balance and, you know, some much needed kind of, you know, mental therapy that, that helped you with all that or. Yeah, I guess so looking back at the time, I didn't, I didn't realize that that's what it was probably doing, but now I got older and I was thinking about my childhood and whatever. And yeah, that, that's probably what it was. And then, um, yeah, from there I went on to doing road marathons and things. And then I'd sort of go in and out and then play group sports, go back to road marathons. And um, yeah, but you're dead right. It's, it's fantastic for your mental health. I'd be the same. I'd probably be in a nut house if I uh, <laughs> couldn't get out in the bush and run. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I, I have been a, um, you know, there's just some days. I mean, I, I kind of, it annoys me sometimes when you, you know, you meet somebody and, you're like, hey, how's everything going? And they're like, great. And it's like, you know, on certain days where you're just not great. And it's like, I know that when somebody, when I, when I see a friend or something like that, and I'm like, you know, how's it going? And they're like, nah, all right. I'm like, wow, that's that authenticity, that 
you know, for somebody to say, hey, you know, it's not great. I'm being honest with you and it's okay not to be great. Like, I just, I feel like we live in this world where I think everybody likes to portray at least that everything is always rosy and everything's always perfect and there's no grief or no pain or no worry or anything like that. But the reality is there's a, there's a ton of that stuff, you know? And so we all find different ways to um, kind of process it and, and deal with it. And it sounds like running is, you know, managed to, to do some of that for you. Oh yeah, for sure. Even my wife, she'll say to me after a while, if I haven't gone for a run for a while and I get a bit cranky and agitated at home, she'll just say, oh, you better go out for a run because <laughs> she knows. It, it, yeah, not that it happens often lately because I'm training so much. So I'm, I'm doing big runs on the weekends now. So, you know, you have that high from the whole week. Well, I do after I do a big run. Yeah. That sort of gets me through the week and I'm pretty chill. And then, yeah, but at times when if I haven't gone for a while, it, uh, it builds up and I got to go too. And, but I noticed too, the older you get, it's so hard if you take time off to start up again, that training again. I, I don't think I can go back to that now. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, it's funny with your wife too. Cause my, my wife is the, she's the same way. She, she knows like, you know, she just knows when I'm getting cranky and she knows not only that I'm getting cranky, but she knows why I'm getting cranky. And it's either that yeah. I haven't gone for my run or I need to eat. And so she carries in the car, this, um, like a thing of granola bars. And if I get really kind of nasty, <laughs> pissy, she'll just kind of like yeah. hand me one and be like, you got to eat this. And I'm like, yeah, she knows exactly what I need. Like, I just, you know, I get nasty when I haven't eaten for a while. So she, she picks up on that, you know? Yeah. We're going to be grateful for our partners that they're so understanding. Like, like my wife will let me go out and I'm, I'm going out in the bush, you know, for six or more hours. Yeah. That's a fair, fair chunk of time. Yeah. But she knows it's a, uh, it's good for me and what's good for me is good for the family and it sort of works out. So that's good. Yeah. So Amy, Amy's my wife. If you're listening to this, I, you know, thank you for, for letting me do this. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't be myself without it, but I think that's true, right? Like that's so true that, you know, it helps you, you know, it's, we need it, you need it. And without it, you wouldn't, you'd be a shell of the person you are. So it kind of, it charges your batteries, you know? Yeah, that that's it. And there's a, like, I think about it, there's like hundreds of different things we could be doing that are worse than uh, trail running. <laughs> yeah, I know. I for, know. Our, for our mental health and for our physical health. Yeah, yeah. So the, I wanted to ask you too, so you've got, so there's Lola and Jack, and I saw that they, they both, do they both run track or cross country? Are they both runners? They were doing that for, uh, for school. So Jack went, through the whole of primary school uh, being undefeated in, at his school, which was pretty cool, I thought. Hmm. And then he went to districts and that's when they run against other schools. And then he didn't do as well as he thought he was gonna do. And I, like he crossed the line or whatever and we, I gave him a big hug and we had a talk about it before. And then I said, mate, I tell you, running, I think it was, 4k they do i said running that flat out i said it's easier to run 50k <laughs> yeah. i said you'll get older you'll if you keep running up you'll you'll see that it's just so easy to coast along doing 50k than than to sprint 4k i reckon yeah i i agree i 
our son does um track and he uh you know he does the 100 meter he does the 200 meter he does the long jump and this weekend he's going to do the um the 800 meter and um i said look that's a tough event i actually think yeah out here there's a lot of like local 5ks and stuff like that i think that shorter stuff is harder because i every once in a while i haven't done a 5k in about a year but i'll i'll jump onto one like last summer we were out of town somewhere and i found a local 5k and i did it um and when you're redlining like that when you're all you know you know flat out just hitting it for you know five kilometers it that's a lot like i totally agree with you that the shorter distances i think are in some ways harder than some of the stuff we do you know oh yeah for sure and it's and another thing too i want to say about that it's the pressure that I was watching the kids that they put on themselves. Like it's, I'm trying to teach my kids that don't be so hard on yourself. It's, it's just a race. There'll be another one. I said like races come and go, but yeah, the, the pressure that they put on themselves to, to do their best. It's um, yeah, it's sort of hard to, to tell them that, um, you know, tomorrow will be another day and, and you'll wake up the next day feeling fine. But yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, that, that it's funny you say that. Cause that's something that makes me a little sad too, is that, you know, we've never, my parents never put any pressure on me to do anything. I mean, I really didn't have a lot of athletic ability in me anyway, but you know, I did martial arts as a kid and I didn't get into running until about 12 years ago when I was 35. But you know, you go to these different things, like with her son, he's done soccer, he's done all the different sports over the years and even track now he's been in track for for i guess four years now and some of the parents are just it makes me sad it makes me sad and angry because they're so hard on their kids they're screaming at their kids they're really if their kids don't deliver you know a top result they just rip these kids to shreds and these kids are 9 10 11 12 13 14 years old and i'm just thinking but our son is is really, maybe like yours, like really, really hard on himself. And I don't know where it comes from. We're, we've never been those parents that are like, you got to do track. And if you don't, you know, you got to train hard and you got to be in the top two, top three. And if you don't, you're, we've never just said, look, just find something that you kind of enjoy. And, and just, you know, if you want to go collect butterflies or you want to run track or you want to, it doesn't matter what it is, just go out there and have some fun. Life's too short. But he, um, it breaks my heart sometimes because he's really, 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 really hard on himself. And like, to your point, what, what, what you say to, you know, your son is just, you know, there, there'll be another day. It's not the end of the world. Um, I sometimes, as much as I think you, you mentioned it a little while ago, the individual sports like running and, you know, you could say the same for like gymnastics and stuff like that. Like I've always gravitated toward the individual stuff because I don't need eight or nine or 10 teammates telling me I suck at something or I should have caught that pass or something like that. I like the individual stuff where I could push myself and I'm also my own worst enemy. Like I can also rip myself to shreds on any given day, but it's hard seeing a kid do that. And because you just want them to, to just have fun and explore and just with track, try new distances. And there's no such thing as a bad experience as long as you learn something from it is what I've always believed. Um, 
but you know, it's hard saying that to a 12 year old kid. It's just, it just bums me out that they're, they're all just so hard on themselves, you know? That's it. And then what I say to my son is that, um, like the next couple of days or whatever. So, well, let's you and I go out for a run and then he'll go out for a run with me and we laugh and chat and make jokes and whatever. And, um, and then he loves it. So I think you got to find that balance of, yeah, you can go into these events or whatever and, and see how you go. But if you don't win or get a place, it, it doesn't matter. And then if you take your kids out running out in the bush, they'll probably end up running further, running faster because they don't realize there's no pressure on them and then they're having more fun. Yeah, yeah. And then my daughter, she's on the other end of the spectrum. This same race, um, I'll stand there with another dad and his daughter must have been running against Solomay as well. And I think his daughter came third or something. And I was clapping, you know, I clapped every child that went past and then he had to take off for work. And he goes, oh, is your daughter finished? I said, no, nah, mate, she'll just take her time. And I said, I guarantee you one thing, she'll have the biggest smile on her face out of all the kids that are here. <laughs> and then fair enough, yeah, she just, she just ran across and uh, finished her race with the biggest smile and, and thought nothing of it and just went off and played with her friends after that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's all about. That's yeah. That's, that's what you wish every kid could feel, you know, and, and just see it that way instead of a, a major competition where they're competing for, you know, a professional sports team or something like that. It's just, it's so much bigger than that, you know? Yeah, it is. And um, yeah, look, she doesn't care about it. She just wants to do it for fun. And, and um, yeah, if she gets a ribbon, Oh, that's right. She did say to me, dad, yeah, dad, I do like running. I said, what do you like running about it? She goes, Oh, the ribbons are pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) I said, well, you got to earn them. You're not always guaranteed to get one. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So with some of the other stuff I've seen, um, you know, I've looked at a bunch of your posts and, you know, I, I think, there was something about, uh, you know, you had a, a, I guess I can say it on here. Hopefully nobody gets offended. Uh, I think it said a fuck cancer hat you were wearing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had, I've seen posts about Dolly. So is there other stuff in there that kind of, like, what else has been going on? Is there other stuff that kind of motivates you to lace up the, 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 the sneakers every day and go for these runs? Is there other kind of stuff that you're, you know, processing or things that you've had to, like, balance out through running or? The cancer one was uh, my mother-in-law. She died of cancer and I sort of did a, I think it was my first 50K trail run. I sort of had her in mind. That's, she was sort of my motivation to get that one. Mm. And, um, oh, geez, I, that was my first ever one. I was so unprepared. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I knew nothing about nutrition and... Um, and I didn't carry any water with me thinking that it would be like a road marathon. There'll be heaps of aid stations and there wasn't. <laughs> and, but um, I finished it. It was a tough one though. But yeah, no, that, so some, some runs I think of that, of her. And then some runs I'm, I think about my dad. Yeah. Wish that he had seen uh, what, I, what I can do. Yeah. Um, and then this 100K, this first 100K I'm doing is just purely for myself. Just to, uh, to, to push myself and now start to do the longer distances and see how far I can go for it at the age of 
a young 45. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I don't, you have to, I mean, I would think with, with your buddies out there and I, you, you have to be one of the few that do this kind of thing. I, I know that out here, like I, there's nobody out here, at least in this town that I could find that I would do any of this quote crazy stuff with me. Um, there's a lot of, you know, folks that do the half marathons, the five K's, maybe the road marathons and stuff like that. But, you know, they're like, you know, hopping on a trail for 50 or a hundred miles. Like, yeah, that's, that's not, no, nah, no, nah, uh-uh, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> so it's gotta be, I mean, what, what's the reaction back, back home? Do, do people, and even your kids too, like, I'll tell you that Braden, um, my son, he, um, he's terrified because he honestly thinks that, you know, some of the races that they've come to, I'm, I'm not looking great when I'm crossing the, the finish line. Um, and he's just convinced that I'm going to kill myself. And so he's always <laughs> worried. And like, he'll ask me the, the last race I had was a hundred miler um, a couple of weeks ago. And they came to see me at, at um, mile 40 at the aid station. I was pretty good at 40. I didn't, I wasn't, you know, you're, you're feeling pretty good, fairly fresh. You're feeling all right. Um, but I'm thankful he didn't see me at the finish line because dad wasn't looking too good. So like, do your kids or even the people back home, do they all think like you're nuts or are they just genuinely excited for you? Or do you have anybody else that you run with locally out there? Or is it kind of like you're in your own little world? Now I'm sort of on my own for the distances I'm doing now. Um, I have some friends that say, look, they can't even be stuffed driving a hundred K, let alone um, <laughs> running it. <laughs> But I've got a lot of um, a lot of positive friends, and you know, you sort of hang around positive. You you gravitate towards positive people, and I sort of got um, a lot of them around me that that live nearby, and family, and um, and overseas too. In in America, I've got a lot of family in Texas that that um, that support it, and some do it as well. So. Hmm. What's, a, the, what's a, the connection to Texas? Uh, my wife's uncle, he moved there from, from um, Victoria in the 70s in Grapevine, wow. Texas. And then he got into tourism and stuff. And yeah, he's still there now. Hmm. P.W. McKellen. And wow. um, yeah, so I, um, I go back and forth there when I can. And I've got a mate up there. Uh, Jeff Croy, he's a he's another trail runner, and um, I went with him. Where were we going? Oh, to Flagstaff, Arizona. Oh, beautiful out there. We did the uh, is it the stagecoach run or something? Anyway, I think it was like fifty or fifty-five k run, and hmm. we did that together. And um, yeah, I want to go back there, and um, I want to run Colorado and uh, where else? Sedona and all around Arizona and stuff and then and around Texas as well. Yeah, Sedona, I think is I I absolutely love Sedona. It's it's kind of what I call it, kind of a hippie town. It's very peaceful and it's just absolutely gorgeous with like, you know, they have those vortexes out there that um they believe have some kind of mystical powers and stuff like that. It's just a yep. really really beautiful spot. The only tricky thing with some of those and I I agree with you. I think I like Colorado and stuff like that. I don't have any place out here that I could train for that elevation. I feel like that elevation would just smash me. Like I just, 
you know, that would take a while to get adjusted to, especially in Colorado and stuff like that, some of the elevation, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm lucky that nearby me, well, the Yuyangs that we were talking about earlier, like I can, there's plenty of hills there that I can run up and down and I can get plenty of elevation there. So I'm lucky in a way. So the other thing I was going to ask you, I mean, I got a bunch of questions, but so you also post a lot about barbecuing you know you have it seems like you're very proud of the different spices you get the sauces and stuff like that it seems like you're a damn good cook or something like that do you are you into that too and also the the question connected to that since you do that do you are you going to bring your own food on this uh 100k are you going to you know cook up a, a slab of ribs or a bunch of chicken and take that with you or what what what's your connection to the the grilling and stuff uh, the barbecuing is from, um, yeah, when Christy's uncle comes down from Texas, to, often he stays at our house. And um, I brought a smoker, I think about 12 or so years ago. And then he showed me a few things. And then when I go over there, we, we cook up a, a big feed there. And, and then I just started doing it here on my own and getting pretty good at it. And yeah, I don't mind the cooking a brisket and ribs and stuff, but um <laughs> As far as my 100K, mate, it's pretty boring. It's just um, peanut butter and cheese sandwiches tend to do the trick for me. <laughs> so how is the the Yu Yang, the 100K? I mean, what, what, what have you done so far? Have you, you said you did some 50 and 55Ks. Is this, um, this is your first jump to the, the 100K threshold, right? Yeah, correct. So on Saturday, it's, it's a five-lap course. So on Saturday, I'm going to do three laps for training and that'll be like uh what's that 63k okay so i did i did two laps last weekend 42k and then i'll do three this weekend next weekend i'll do four and then the weekend after that i'm gonna do maybe a lap or two in the dark hmm. and practice running in the dark have you run in the I'm, dark before no nah, never not not um not in an ultra marathon, no. Huh. Because I, I think that, I mean, running in the dark is magical. I mean, it, it I guess it's magical and it's, it could also be, uh, be not so magical. I think it's magical because, you know, you're alone, you're, you know, in the middle of the woods or wherever the trail is and you look up at the night sky and it's just, you know, it's, it's really peaceful. But then <laughs> if you're in a rough point in the race, and you have all this darkness around you, it does kind of mess with your head a little bit, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, just be uh, me and the kangaroos out there, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny how the summit, we don't, you know, obviously we don't have kangaroos out here, but we have a lot of deer and um, you'll get an occasional, um, you know, a, a, a possum, a skunk, something like that running across. Yeah. And um, I had the, the trail I run, there's a, there's a, an old rail trail out here. It's, it, you know, it's nice and flat. And so for sometimes if I just want to go for a flat brainless long run, I'll, I'll, I'll hop on the rail trail. I just love the trail. You don't have to think a lot. You just kind of get on that thing and you don't have to worry about roots or rocks or, you know, creeks or anything like that. And the one morning I went on it, there was a, uh, and it was almost like, you know, sometimes you get shell shocked and you don't know how to, your brain doesn't know how to process stuff. And there was a cow walking toward me on the trail. 
and the cows around the farms that are near the trail are all kind of kept behind this, you know, electrified uh, fence. And um, here comes this cow, which can't, cows can't do anything to you, at least that I've never <laughs> known. But there's something when it's early in the morning and it's still kind of dark and this cow's coming up on you, it does kind of mess with your head a little bit. So I hope you don't have to see any, any kangaroos at night because I think uh, as, you know, maybe harmless as they are, I think that might really scare the hell out of you <laughs> oh yeah because um uh a big uh male kangaroo he'll go yeah i've had a couple had a go at me um the last couple of weeks actually during the day are you serious yeah yeah the big ones i'll stand right up staunch to you and um there's only one trail and i'm not going back so you got to get past them so you you just swing your arms around a bit and make a bit of noise or something and hopefully they back off all the ones wow. I've dealt with have. I've had one I've ran past actually, and then he, he turned around and started hopping at me. So I just started running at him because I had some I had some music on. I think I had System of a Down playing. So I was, in, I was pretty pumped up. So I was like, yeah, come on, mate, let's go. And then he, <laughs> he, he hopped off, thankfully, because uh, I don't want to get kicked by one of them. Wow. that That's insane, though. So you actually ran toward him like... I know out here with black bears that, you know, you get a black bear out here. I've never run into one, but they say they're harmless and they say that, you know, they're just as scared of you, but you're supposed to like not run away, kind of make yourself look better and bigger and scream at them and stuff like that. I guess sounds like it's kind of the same thing with the, with the kangaroos. You don't necessarily want to back off. You kind of just move toward them and let them know that you're not, you're not messing around. You know, like, is that kind of the game plan or? Yeah, well, that's it. If the, if the trail is real skinny, you got nowhere to go. You're, I'm not running all the way back. <laughs> and most of the time, most of the time, I got a stick with me anyway. I don't know if it's like some caveman thing or something. I like running with a stick. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll just smack that on the ground a few times or something like that, and just say, oh, "Bugger off, mate," and then he'll just go. But they're they're just um, he's just protecting his mob. That's all he's doing. So once they hold, they all hop off he's gone yeah is there anything else as far as wildlife like i remember you know you'll i know you're gonna laugh at this but like when i years ago when i lived out there for a while i guess it was in it was 2002 to 2003 and i was living with my uh a buddy um and he was telling me about the red i think the redback spiders out there and i think that's what it was the redback does that sound right there's red and, back or there's white tail. Yeah. So he would, you know, when I, my first trip to Australia was in 2000. And so, you know, I'm sure they, you know, the, the, everybody was trying to mess with me a little bit. He was, but he had it in my head that, and I don't, I guess it's true that these white tail or red back, the red back spiders, I think are, can be deadly. And so like he was saying, you know, sometimes just kind of look around the bed, stuff like that, see if you see anything. So every night before I'd go to bed, I'd kick the hell out of the bed. I'd fluff the sheets, you know, I'd move the pillows around and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> is that a real thing? Like, do you have to really watch out for those? And are they as lethal as, you know, I've been told over the years? Or is that just, you know, below? Yeah, well, a, a white tail, if, it, if that bites you, that can attack your flesh. Yeah, so we have um, lots of animals over here that can kill you. <sighs> um, yeah, like spiders, snakes, um, yeah, what else? That's enough. Yeah, yeah that's enough. Yeah. 
I used to I used to work with a few um, New Zealanders, and um, they wanted to go camping and stuff. And of course, I thought I'd, I'd shit stir them a little bit. And I said, oh, they, were, they wanted to spend the night out in the bush. I said, oh, you've heard of drop bears, haven't you? And I'm like, what? Drop bears? I said, they're related to the koala, except they jump down and they bite the flesh out of your neck. No. And they, <laughs> and, and they, they went and they, they saw me at work on, on the Monday and they were petrified. They believed it. And to this oh. day, we still joke about it. That's funny. They, they reckon that um, we should hand, hand people that come over to visit a, a handbook about uh, what can kill you over here. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the race? And, and you know, I, I really, really, you know, you've done races out here in the States. I would do anything to do a race out there in Australia. As far as, I mean, it's a huge country, obviously. I mean, you've, you've got the Yu Yangs coming up. Are there any other spots in Australia? I mean, even, you know, up north or, you know, I mean, in, in Cairns or anything that you're, that you're eyeing up that are kind of like races that you really want to do that different scenery, stuff like that. Are there any other ones that you're kind of eyeing up down the road or? There's one uh, that's actually not far from me, so I'm still lucky near the Great Ocean Road. It's the Surf Coast Century. That's a um, that's a good one, but I'm sort of saving that for hopefully when my mate Jeff comes over here from Texas, I'll run that together with him. Mm. But um, yeah, there's one for the Simpson Desert. That'd be a, a good challenge, I think. But um, hmm. yeah, there's plenty all around the country. Now, what the one at Great Ocean Road is that, um, and that's absolutely gorgeous. I can't imagine what distance is that. Yeah, that, that's a hundred k. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Holy moly! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you run a, a, a the first leg of that is um, yeah, end up running along the beach on the coastline, and depending on the tide, um, you're either going to get real wet or you should be fine. Mm. But um, yeah, that that's a good one. Um, what else? Yeah, the Simpson Desert, like I said, but there's, um, yeah, there's a fair bit going on. It's just, um, having the time, yeah. but I'm lucky to be in Victoria. There's so many in my home state that I can choose. Yeah. Yeah. And Victoria is a beautiful state. I, Great Ocean Road, anybody who's listening, just, you know, Google Great Ocean Road or 12 Apostles, even though there's probably actually nine apostles at this point. I don't know. something. Yeah, like we're, that. Run, yeah we're running out of them there. They're starting yeah. to disappear. And there was another one. I don't know if it's Lock Ard Gorge or there was some other. They're just, it's just beautiful out there. Like, I can't imagine having a race out there. I mean, some of the races out here are pretty, but I, that, the, the, the definition of pretty takes on a whole new level out there. I'm, I'm really jealous you have all that stuff so nearby, you know? No, I'm very lucky to have it all in my backyard. That's for sure. So we've got the 100K, the Yu Yang's 100K coming up July 16, 17, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, about the 16th, I think, yeah. So you got the training dialed in. You've got these long runs that you're doing. Are you going to taper the week before, kind of cut back a little bit, or what's your plan there? Uh, well, on, I think it's June... The 21st. I'm actually going to Thailand with my family for a holiday. Wow. To Phuket. And um, I've organized with some trail runners there so I can do a couple of trails there mm. while, while on holiday. 
I guess I've got to make up for all the beer and the uh, the, car- <laughs> the curry and Thai food I'm going to eat, I suppose. But yeah, um, we'll do that, and then I come back after ten days, and then it'll only be a week or two before the race starts, and then I'll, I guess, taper down then. Yeah. But yeah, after this month, this is my biggest month of the big runs, mm. and then after that, I'll um, ease up a bit, I suppose. Yeah. So does your wife? I know with with. Mine, you know, the first thing that comes into my head if we travel is, you know, are there any races I could do that, you know, would be kind of cool? <laughs> does she, you know, with Thailand and stuff, does, did she, does she, I guess she understands that. She didn't fight you on that. You know, like the fact that you wanted to do a race on holiday, like, was she like, what? Or does she like, she gets you enough that she's like, okay, fine, find your races and do your races. No, no, she's very good at, um, Sometimes it's good to just find a race and then you make your holiday around that. Like, uh, yeah, so you, you got a purpose of, of doing something and um, you have a bit of fun and and she enjoys watching it too. Oh, another thing I, I wanted to ask you, does your son, um, does he cross the finish line with you sometimes after your big runs, your races? The most recent um, experience with that, I had a friend, I have a friend, my best friend, um, who was almost uh, killed in October. He was um, in his car and he was hit by a, um, an 18 wheeler uh, uh, tractor trailer. And um, he was in the hospital for two weeks in the intensive care unit. And, you know, they, they, he's an active runner. He's, he's got this, you know, running streak and stuff. And he, he almost died. And the, I did a 50 K in um, uh, March and he came to that and um i did i called him out i stopped about you know 100 feet from the finish line he was taking pictures or whatever i said no 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 you're joining me for this one like and that meant a lot to me because here's not only my best friend but somebody who i almost lost and he gets to cross the finish line with me and it, it was it meant a lot on a, on a lot of levels you know when when stuff like that happens so um, yeah that's so cool that just made the hairs on my arm stand up then <laughs> yeah he's you know he i you know it's weird you know life and you've been i you've been through so much i with your dad and everything and your mother-in-law and uh, you know it life can change so quickly and and sometimes i think through a lot of things that i've had happen and most recently with him that you just you don't i don't take anything for granted i i treasure you know, even talking with you now, I treasure everything in the moment that it's happening because I don't, there's no guarantee that the next second, the next minute, the next hour, the next day, the next month is going to happen. And so, you know, to almost lose him and then, you know, he's got a lot of, (laughs) he's still recovering. He's got a lot of titanium in him and stuff like that. And he had two collapsed lungs. So he's still kind of dealing with that, but just the fact that he's alive, his heart's beating, he's, he's back to his running streak and he, you know, got to cross the finish line with me that just, cause this running isn't, I mean, it's about us. I mean, I know it's, you get it. You're, you're, you're doing it. I mean, it's, you, you want to challenge yourself. You want to put yourself in, it's just a weird thing. You want to put yourself in these periods of pain and suffering because it makes you stronger when you push through it. And, and I feel like in some ways it kind of, it, it helps you deal with the real world maybe a little better so like with this 100k that you're doing you know that's a long distance and so 
you know, you're going to, there's going to be some ups and there's going to be some downs. There's going to be times where you feel great. There's going to be times you feel bad, but like the whole idea that you kind of, you fight through these things, knowing that you're going to become, and you'll be a better person at the end of it. You know, I just think, and you're always in the moment with these races. You can't think ahead. If you're at mile, you know, 40 of a hundred K you can't, you can't start thinking, oh, I got 22 more miles to go. You got to be in that mile at the moment, dealing with whatever you have going on. And so I think a lot of times this ultra running that we do, you're so in the moment because you have to be in the moment. But I also think that's a really big lesson in life. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. So like all this training I'm doing has been going fantastic, but come race day, that could all go pear-shaped and you got you got to deal with that and you go for the highs and lows and um, yeah, you, you come out of it stronger. And I, I think a lot when I'm running and um, my mind becomes clearer and things that I may have been stressing about tend to not matter after I've ran because I've been thinking about it and you, you just got more clarity and um, yeah, yeah, you just, just keep going. And sometimes I have brilliant ideas about what I want to do and where I'm at with life and stuff. And um, it's, it's good for me. And, but yeah, I think we're, I don't know how to describe us as a breed of <laughs> trail runners. We're, we're sort of, we're, I don't know. I love it though. I love the, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. You, you, you hit the nail on the head. It, it is. Um, it's definitely a place where you, you process things, you know, some days you don't want to get up and do it, but you know, at the end of it, you're going to feel so much better. It's like, you know, some of these races, when you, you take the finish line super early or even at night, you know, it's, it's kind of the last thing you want to do, but you know, once you get through it, you know, you're going to feel better. And it's also, it's how, you, it's how we process things. It's how we, some, you're right. Some of the best ideas I think I've had have been through a long run or, or something like that. Um, but it can also get ugly. And, you know, I, this last race I had, I, I, I talk to myself a lot. I, you know, like you hallucinate <laughs> from time to time. Like it can get a little weird, but yeah, I'm right there with you, man. It's, uh, it, it, it's therapeutic on a lot of levels. Um, so tell me about like, so we talked about this race. We've talked about your training. What about nutrition? Like what if you're obviously going to wear a pack, um, you're going to have drop bags, what's going to be in the drop bags. I'm always curious, especially you're, you're in Australia. So you probably, maybe you do things better than we do out here. You have some secret strategy, some secret, you know, food or something like that. What, what's your plan for nutrition? No, pretty boring. Like I have been going through gels and stuff, but I just found that the trusty old uh, peanut butter and cheese sandwich seems to, it just seems to get me going. I guess it's that kick of peanut butter, I suppose, but, um, just that and um, uh, tailwind. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm a bit late to the party of that stuff. Um, I only recently discovered that, and that that's really good, that stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, that, just whatever um, whatever they have at the aid stations, like jelly beans or uh, chips or something like that. Yeah. And you said peanut butter and cheese? Yeah, mate. Yeah. Wow. Um, See, I haven't, that's interesting. I've never tried. What kind of cheese do you put on that? Uh, I think at the moment it was just cheddar. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I don't know why I did. I think that's, I got up one morning and I thought I need something in my stomach before I go on this run. 
I thought I have a peanut butter sandwich. And I thought, ah, go some cheese. So I just bung it on there. And then I, I just ate that and off I went and it seemed to do the job. So I've just been doing that for the last two months now. All right. So I think you're onto something. This is, this is the Bob Saxon home recipe here. If anybody uh, just heard that, <laughs> what you need to do to, to be a rock star at your races is, do, you know, do the tailwind. I'm a huge believer in tailwind and I was late to the party too, but that stuff is crazy. How yeah, that, well that's fantastic. That stuff. Yeah. So tailwind and we need peanut butter and cheddar cheese sandwiches. Do you toast the bread or do you just leave it on just plain white bread? No, no, just, just eat it as is. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to try it. All right. Yeah, it, it, it might not be for you, but it works for me, mate. <laughs> hey, look, there's only one way to find out. You know, what's so funny about these races. I, I, I usually overpack and I'll bring all this different food and I'll make stuff yeah. and all the, and then halfway through the race, I don't want any of it. And I'm just eating the, the stuff they have at the freaking aid stations. It's, it's like, it's almost pointless to bring my own food anymore, you know, cause my stomach just turns on me halfway through. Well, that's what I'm thinking. That's my train of thought as well. So I'll just make a couple of sandwiches and have them as I'm going along and just eat the food that's there. Otherwise, yeah, I probably would just waste it too and just end up bringing it home. Oh my gosh. I did bring, I, I made them, I paced a buddy of mine about a month ago and he, at one of his other races, um, he had these, um, it was banana and Nutella um, pancake sandwiches. So it, it was basically two pancakes. Oh, wow with Nutella and sliced um, banana. Oh, and bacon on it too. So it had bacon, banana, Nutella, and the, it was sandwiched between the two pancakes. And I, I tell you what, I made those things and they are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to try those too. Oh, uh, well, look, put, put a, put a peanut butter and cheese sandwich in the mail for me. And then I'll put one of these in the mail for you. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah. We'll see which one's more disgusting when it gets out there. <laughs> so any other, you know, you talked about after, you know, you've got the Yu Yang's hundred K or, you know, this for this year, are there any other, um, like, I guess what's on your bucket list. You mentioned you wanted to do some races out like in Sedona or, you know, Colorado, stuff like that. And, you know, out here we have, I guess this, the, the big race out here in, in about a month is the Western States. Um, yes, yes. Are, are there any races that, maybe I'll ask it this way. Are there any races that you're really looking forward to um, participate in down the road? Or is there a race that you really like watching? Like they just started doing the YouTube thing on Western States. And so, I mean, it's ridiculously long, but I like last year having the ability to to kind of watch the YouTube feed and know what Jim Walmsley was up to and and stuff yeah. like that. And I mean, I guess bucket list races for you anywhere in the world. And then beyond that, any races that you're really excited just to pay attention to and see how they they pan out this year? Or? Well, next year, if I can make it to, to Texas, I'm going to take the month off. I want to um, so go with my mate, Jeff to Colorado, but we'd not enter any races, just run our own. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. I want to go to, we're just going to like camp and stuff and then go Colorado and Arizona and stuff and just do our own thing. That, that to me is more exciting at the moment. Yeah. Cause I, there's no plan. There's no, you know, we can just go off and run a hundred K or something if we want to. And, and that's exciting to me. But if I had, if I had 
a bucket list of an actual race. There's one in um in China where they run the Great Wall. Oh, well, part of the Great Wall, I should say, not the whole lot. But yeah, a friend of mine uh, has done that before, and, and it's just killer on the quads because there's so many steps. That would be challenging. Oh my gosh, that would be crazy. We uh, we went out. We went to when my friend in Australia got married in in uh, Taipei in 2019. While we were out there, because I was in the wedding, we we were like, well, you know, I've never seen China, so we went into China for I guess four days or something, and we did a tour of the Great Wall. And I can't imagine running that. I can't. That would be that would trash your legs, your quads, every trash your whole body. I guess I can't imagine. Oh yeah, that would mentally uh mess with you as well physically for sure but yeah it, it just looks like fun you know i'd like to give it a go yeah well so any any plans on getting jack into his first 50k by the age of 15 you, you got any uh any plans for that or what <laughs> uh slow and steady just just playing the seed and if they want to do it him and lola mate they can do it if not um that's fine but um i just try to encourage them to get out and do some exercise with me and um but uh, who knows like he yeah he, uh, he might get a, a taste for it and want to do these longer distances and um ultimately i'll go back to that question you asked the best race that i would want to do would would would, would be do one with my son yeah yeah i've done a 5k with him before and i nearly teared up like to push because he was real young and um, he was he was buggered. And I said, look, come on, there's the finish line, just go. And he just ran his little legs and he was passing people. Yeah. And I was just watching him and man, I choked up. So yeah, yeah, I'd like to do it when when he's an adult or whatever. And um, yeah, to do a 50K or something would, would be fantastic. Even if he just did one, just to please his old man and then never did one again, I'd be wrapped. <laughs> He's a good boy. He'd probably do that for me too. <laughs> I'm the same way as you. I, I've done a couple of 5Ks with Braden and we did uh, a mile race in town here. I guess it was last summer and there was, yeah, I'm the same way with you, man. Look, I'll cry. I I have no problem crying at stuff. I'm very emotional and, and, and running with him and having him charge in front of me and cross the finish line. It's just, there's something in that that just... I don't know. Yeah. I, it's just a very special thing. And I, I think it's really cool, man, that you're, you know, you're 45, you're, you know, you're, you're an inspiration. I mean, I think uh, not only to the people around you, but your kids, you know, so, you know, we went back, we talked earlier about the the parents at some of these sporting events and stuff like that and how hard they are on, on their kids and stuff. And you're out there setting an example that I think a lot of, you know, dads aren't, you're out there, not just kind of, you know, resting on your laurels, not, you're not just out there sitting on the couch all day and, you know, telling your kids what they should and shouldn't do. No, dad's out there challenging himself when he doesn't have to, he's doing these 50 K now hundred K races and nobody's telling him to do it. He's deciding to put the work in and know there's going to be some suffering and, you know, he'll push through it and I'll be a better human being at the end of it. I just think that lesson, it's beyond just the running. It's just that lesson by itself. The fact that you as a father are doing that, I think is just, I mean, I, I commend you for that. I think it's fantastic. 
Cheers, mate. Yeah, I'm just sort of trying to show them um, quietly how I go about my own business doing stuff and you just got to train, train and prepare yourself for whatever you want in life. Like it's not just going to fall in your lap and and I believe that if they, they know now, like they'll probably ask me tomorrow, where you're running tomorrow, Dad, because weekends and my running. And so they know that, all right, well, he's just keep doing this, doing this, doing this. So what I'll, whatever I, I want to do in life, I've got to do it and do it and do it and do it and get better and better. And yeah, hopefully it works out. And um, yeah, we'll just see what happens. You don't know what your kids are going to do when they get older. You can only do so much. And hopefully you've guided them in the right path. And, um, and it's up to them at the end of the day. Is there one... So anybody who's listening, is there one thing, now I'm a sweet person, not a sweet person, but I love sweets, right? So I told you before we got on this call, my favorite, um, <laughs> my favorite, you know, lollies as, as you call them in Australia are yeah. things called cherry ripes and violet crumbles and flake and chicos. If, if somebody's coming to Australia, what's the one thing they have to get like the essential if you're coming everybody out here thinks it's you know vegemite and stuff like that is there is there something that you say no 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 no. if you're coming to australia you have to make sure you try blank what would the blank be i would say if you want to come and experience the proper australia you got to have a hot meat pie with tomato sauce and it's got to scold your mouth if if, if it hasn't scolded the inside of your mouth you know when you eat something that's really hot then you haven't lived <laughs> so a meat pie for me oh i love it all right so you heard it anybody thinking of going to australia make sure you have meat pie and and maybe you can share one with bob i mean he's he's clearly a good uh cook a you know good with the smoker and the grill i mean maybe he could just cook you up a meat pie and and uh send you off. I wouldn't recommend eating a meat pie during your 100K. I don't know. Maybe that would work out. I'm, I'm thinking about that now. We're sitting there talking about it. I might um, try one during training and see how I go. Because <laughs> every now and then I just crave a meat pie, man. Yeah. Well, let me know how that goes out. And if you, if you end up throwing up, take a picture and post it on Facebook so I know it didn't work out for <laughs> oh, you. Don't worry. I will. I'll tag you on it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Bob, look, my friend, good luck on everything. I'm going to keep connected with you as you move toward this uh, 100K and uh, enjoy your um, your holiday and, and the races you have going on out there. And yeah, man, just keep keep doing what you're doing because like I said, you're, you inspire more people than you probably realize. And most importantly, you're a, a great inspiration for your family. So good on you for that. No worries, mate. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Bob. Take care. You too. See ya. I hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Um, it was really, really fun talking to Bob and uh, just a phenomenal, phenomenal guy. And um, selfishly, I, I hope that I can get back out to Australia soon and I would love to do a race with him out there anywhere in, in the country. D- it does not matter. Um, or, you know, if, if he comes out this way, I'd love to catch up with him as well. Um, but you know, I'm really, really curious if any of you go out there and you go to the grocery store and you get some peanut butter and cheese, um, have fun with that. (laughs) I, uh, you know, I, my wife told me that it's very similar to the cracker sandwiches we had as kids, which were the two cheese crackers with peanut butter in the middle. Uh, I think that's a little bit of a stretch, but I don't know, maybe I'll try it, but probably not. Anyway, 
Enjoy the rest of your week and weekend. Happy running. And as always, keep lacing up and keep inspiring. Talk to you next time. See ya.